What's up, and welcome to the post the Spoko Radio post game show. I'm joined by the People's Champ, David Johnson. Champ, did you expect to see a dual threat quarterback out between Brandon Peters and Nate Stanley in Iowa's 19 to 10 win over Illinois? That I did not. I mean, that was very surprising. Brandon Peters was very effective running the ball today, and then Nate Stanley getting that big first down on that RPO. That was a big one. Brandon Peters was their leading rusher. 10, 10 carries for 76 yards. Uh, Nate Stanley had four carries for 22 yards of himself. He was the second leading rusher for Iowa. Um, but let's, I, I guess, where do you want to go, Champ? Where, what's your immediate takeaway from a 19-10 to 10 win versus Illinois that was basically putting me to sleep? My immediate takeaway is Brandon Peters is who we thought he was. He <laughs> had a big-time interception on the first uh, drive of the game for Illinois, and then he had a big-time fumble when Illinois was looking to try to get this game close in the fourth quarter. Big-time fumble right around the 50-yard line. Iowa went in and then kicked basically the uh, game-sealing field goal. And, yeah, I, this is what I thought of Brandon Peters all year. He didn't really do much today to really change that thought. They scored 10 points. I mean, they had one nice drive down the field, scoring a touchdown on a blown coverage by Iowa. But, yeah, Brandon Peters is a game manager. That's all he ever will be. That's all he ever has been. And he showed that today. He couldn't go into Iowa City and get the win, uh, even though Iowa's offense didn't score touchdowns and only scored 19 points. It, Peters wasn't enough. And he, coming into the game, I didn't think he would be. Nope. This was kind of one of those games we, we kind of talked about. Illinois is not going to score a lot of points if you don't don't turn the ball over. Iowa didn't really turn the ball over. There was one interception by Nate Stanley. Um, but Champ, like you said, I mean, it, it's – Kind of, we've seen this week in and week out from the Iowa offense. They can put up some yards for the most part, but they just can't turn those yards into actual touchdowns. They settle for field goals way too much. Nate Duncan now has the Big Ten lead or Big Ten record for field goals in a season. He's within shouting distance of the national record. If Iowa keeps us up, who he might be able to get it. Um, but to me, Iowa really needs to figure out how to start scoring points when they're putting up over 300 yards passing and 80 yards on the ground rushing. There's no excuse to not to score to score fewer than 20 points versus a middle of the pack Big 10 team. Yeah, Nate Stanley like you said was 18 of 35 for 308 yards today. I mean, at one point of the game he was averaging over 20 yards per completion. And when you think about that at, in, in within the game, you would think Iowa's offense is going to score, you know, three, four, five touchdowns. But they score one. I mean, their first drive of the game resulted in a touchdown, and then they didn't score one the rest of the game. It's, I mean, it's pretty much the same story that we've seen all year. It's like they can drive down the field. They can get it to about the 25, 30-yard line, and then all of a sudden the offense bogs down. And I, it's something they desperately need to get better at going into next year, obviously, and then, you know, going into next week for sure against Nebraska and in the bowl game. It needs to improve. I mean, you get, this game could have been put away numerous times by Iowa's offense. This game it should have been over in the first half. Yeah, honestly, it really should. I mean, Iowa's offense was pretty much driving down the field at will, and then they just weren't scoring touchdowns. And I hate to say it, but it's nothing new. It's something we've seen all year. Like you said, Duncan is leading the leading all of college football in field goal makes and attempts. So, I mean, that should tell you all you need to know about Iowa's offense. 
he missed two today and he still has the lead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, he still he still made four field goals today after missing two. Imagine if he makes those two. He's got six field goals. And at the end of the game on the fourth and four play, they could have kicked another one. So all in all, Duncan could have had seven field goal attempts today and made seven field goals. That would have, I, that might have broken a, an all-time record if he went seven for seven, but that didn't happen. It could have. And, you know, we, we talked about this week over week after week about the Iowa offense bogging down when they crossed the 50. We always kind of thought maybe it's because there's a lack of a tight end presence. But today there was a big tight end presence and they still couldn't move the ball in, in shorter fields and, and put up points. So I honestly have no idea what is the holdup with this offense once they cross the 50 and how they cannot put up points. It's if they don't if they don't hit the big plays that get in the end zone. They're, it's going to be hard for them to score touchdowns, it seems like. And it's something that, Champions League yourself, they really need to figure out. I don't know how much they'll be able to figure out in a short week versus Nebraska. But in bowl prep and then going into next year, whoever is quarterbacking after Nate Stanley graduates, it's they need to figure out a way to, to put up points when they are in the red zone or on the, on the opponent's side of the 50 because it's getting ridiculous. I, I think it's a combination of the fact that it's – I'm not going to put it all on Brian Ferentz and say that's all him and it's all on the play calls. I think it's a combination of that and the fact it's you just notice how many times Nate Stanley overthrows wide receivers when it when they get down to that area. It's like he doesn't have enough field to work with that he just consistently overthrows guys, whether it's in the end zone or in the red zone. It's just in, an insane amount of times. Just thinking about it today, I can think of five or six throws within the 25-yard line that Nate overthrew receivers and didn't even – it wasn't overthrowing like the guy's got a hand on it and he could come up with the play. It's five, ten yards overthrown and guys can't even make a play on it. And when you don't even give guys a chance to make plays on it, it's hard for them to secure balls and score touchdowns. It, it, Jerry said it this week that he's ready for Nate to be gone. I'm Nate, you know, I love Nate, I, 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 but I am too. It's time. It's time for him to move on. I'm excited for the future. It's like he, he can get you down there, but and it's kind of like similar to the games. He can win you games against teams like this, but he can't win the big games against, you know, top 15 teams in the nation. So I'm glad I'm glad you went there because I think on Twitter, especially especially in the second quarter when Nate threw his interception and he was having way too many overthrows in the second quarter, a lot of people were like, okay, well, here's, you know, here's Nate. And I think a lot of the media were saying, you know, like basically saying, People are unfairly criticizing him, and I do think ultimately we are going to miss Nate Stanley. There's a stretch of games, especially in the immediate, like next season, there's a stretch of games where they are playing Michigan State, they go to Ohio State, then they go to Penn State, back to back to back. You know what would be nice to have? Kind of be nice to have Nate Stanley, even with all of his flaws, for those three games next year, as opposed to a guy who we don't know who it's going to be yet, and whoever it's going to be isn't proven. Yeah, I mean, you're 100% right about that. It's at the time that we get frustrated with Nate and we see these throws and we're like, come on, you're a senior quarterback, you should make these throws. But at this time next year, we're going to be like, you know what, it, we didn't really fully appreciate Nate and, we, and we'd like to have a guy like that. But, I mean, I, at the same time, I'm looking forward to the future of these quarterbacks. You know, we don't know who it's going to be next year whether it's an incoming guy or if it's Petrus or Manziel. We don't. We honestly don't know, so we're just going to have to wait and see. Yeah, no, I mean, it, it's definitely something that I think people need to appreciate Nathan Lilly a little bit more. You saw that play where he slips out of the sack, throws a deep ball to Amir Smith-Marset, 
I mean, that's a play that not many quarterbacks can make. I don't care who you are. He's big. He's strong. He's got a rocket arm. He, you can live with the overthrows because of all the other stuff he brings that brings to the table. Yes, that, his his legacy is going to be defined by games he didn't win versus Wisconsin, the other big games versus Penn State, Michigan this year, and whatnot. I get that, but at the same time, it's can I keep it in perspective of he stat, like stats can tell can tell lies. You can't always believe everything you see with with stats, but I do think you can't rack up the stats you do over a career unless you're pretty damn good. Yeah, 100%. It's it's like those throw like for that that big play where he got out of the sack, made a 40-yard pass downfield to Amir Smith-Marset. Great play. And then the play right before halftime where Iowa gets the big sack, knocks Illinois out of field goal range on that fourth down play and then the next play immediately a 25-yard deep out route to Tyrone Tracy to get into field goal range, a perfect throw. And it's throws like that that really it frustrates us more because we see that Nate can make plays like this and can consistently do it, but then when he he overthrows guys or he misses wide open players or he makes the wrong read, it's like we've seen what he can do, so it just frustrates us more when he can't do it. I I think it would be I mean, it wouldn't be better to say that he can't if he just didn't make those plays, but it, we wouldn't we wouldn't be as frustrated for sure. No, you're hundred percent right. If he was more of a game manager like a Brandon Peters, for example, yeah. where you, you didn't see those those flashes, it's probably be a lot easier to not get so frustrated with him. You're hundred percent right. But you know what? He's gonna do so I, I guarantee he's gonna go up to the NFL. He's gonna have some really weird NFL career that probably is going to be like, damn, he kinda put it all together in the NFL finally. Yeah, you think he's going to be Ben Roethlisberger? Because Matt Matt Millen said that like 37 times um, today during the game. Not only Ben Roethlisberger, but he's also Terry Bradshaw. So he's basically he, every Steelers. He might just go to the Steelers and replace Ben Roethlisberger at I this mean, point. yeah, he's already got the colors. Just go there. I mean, he's better than Mason Rudolph. I would take him over Mason Rudolph for sure. So, I mean, you know, it, it just, it's a good fit. I really hope Matt Millen's not calling the game on Black Friday versus Nebraska because I don't think I could do another three and a half hours <laughs> with that man behind a microphone. Yeah, I, I tend to agree with that. All right, champ. Well, we go into Nebraska week, short week. We're going to release the pod a day early this week for Thanksgiving so you guys aren't listening, trying to sneak off and listen during your Thanksgiving meal. Anything else before we wrap up this postgame show, champ? We'll keep it short, keep it sweet because there really wasn't much. It was a ho-hum 19-10 win Iowa over Illinois. Uh, I just will want to give a little credit to my boy Keith. I get, I ripped him a little bit with a tweet <laughs> in the first half. I have to apologize to Keith Duncan after he missed that second field goal. I said he's giving away the Lou Groza award today, and then it, Keith just shut me up. Made another three field goals after that. The guy has been the most consistent player on this team all year. He just consistently comes in, and like it was again today, the not a lot of those field goals are not short. I mean, he's made a shit ton of field goals between 40 and 49 yards this year. And he just comes in and you just have the ultimate confidence in the guy that he's going to make it. Like That's why it was so shocking when he missed those two field goals because he just, when he comes in the game, you just think it's going to go right down the middle. He has made 11 of 13 field goals between 40 and 49 yards this year. That's the most from any other distance this season. Yeah, I mean, that's insane. I mean, and there's only two misses from the range were today. I mean, every other game he comes in kicking 46, 48, 47, just drilling these field goals, and it's not like he's coming in and hitting 20-yard chip shots. So credit to Keith. He's a, a consummate kicker. I'm excited to have – I think he's only a – he might be a junior. So he at, least, he at least has one more year with the Hawkeyes, and I can't wait to watch him 
hopefully not kick as many field goals <laughs> in the future, but continue to watch him boom him through the uprights. So credit to him, the team MVP. Here's the two more games where he gets the chance to have more extra points than field goals this, this yeah, season. That would then... mean, although it would be kind of cool if he broke the field goal record. I mean, at this point, he might as well because, I mean, it's been the season of field goals, so he might as well break it. I think that I unfortunately think he might be 13 away, which is gonna be kind of hard to do in two games. But you never know with this with this offense. I mean, he almost attempted seven today. So hell, <laughs> seven each game, he breaks the record, baby. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's a perfect spot to wrap it up this week, guys. Hawks win 19 to 10 versus Illinois. Remain on course for a showdown with Nebraska on Black Friday. We will come to you guys with Spoko Radio on Wednesday this week, a day early ahead of your holiday breaks. And uh, we'll be back with the three of us to preview that game and uh, get you ready for Thanksgiving. Uh, For Champ, for Jer, who's at the Horseshoe, watching Ohio State, Penn State, I'm DC. We'll talk to you guys again next week. Go Hawks. Go Hawks, baby.